Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Jesus never asks an innocent question. There's always something behind our Lord when he turns all those questionings back on us. And he does so here in this story that we've heard so many times, the third chapter of John, as Nicodemus, who is one of the the leadership, he's a Pharisee in the Sanhedrin, he's one of the the, the Supreme Court, or the he's one of the governors of Israel. He he sneaks out at night, and he comes to see Jesus. Jesus has just done this incredible act of clearing out the temple. He turned over the tables and and caused a big stir in the city, and a lot of people are wondering who is this guy. And some are angry at him, some think he's just great. And so the Sanhedrin, you know, is talking. They're talking, thinking out loud, wondering about who he is. But something about Jesus has spurred Nicodemus' curiosity. And so he goes out to see him at night. In all likelihood, Jesus is praying And it may well be in that Garden of Gethsemane where he was praying and the temple guards found him at another time. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the third chapter of John. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back to his mother's womb and be born again? I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual life. Don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wants, just as you hear it. The wind, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it is from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How can these things be possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you don't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me, when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent on a a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but, God's pe but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So Nicodemus is at that place in life where... He understands the realities of nuance. That there are no, no people who are purely this or purely that. He's been around long enough now to know that everything is mixed and life is messy. And, and good people still have some motives that, that pollute and foul their goodness and and otherwise, bad people still do some things that, that undermine that sense of how, how bad they might be. Billy Joel, a long time ago, back in 1993, put it this way. And don't we all know that this is true? Some things were perfectly clear seen with the vision of youth. So when we're young, everything. We all knew so much more when we were 25. No doubts and nothing to fear, I claimed the corner on truth. These days it's hard to say I know what I'm fighting for. My faith is falling away. I'm not that sure anymore. Shades of gray wherever I go, the more I find out, the less I know. Black and white is how it should be. Shades of gray are all that I see. And so Nicodemus sees shades of gray, not just in the mirror, but in life. And so there is perhaps in the Sanhedrin a polarity, a polarizing that has set up in that governing body, not at all unlike what we have in Washington these days. And there is harsh attacks one after the other, those who might support and those who, who do not. Those who think Jesus is vile and evil, and those who think that maybe, just maybe, he is a man of God. But Nicodemus is old. Been around a long time. His hands are becoming arthritic. He's had to go to Velcro sandals. <laughs> and he gets his wife's name wrong every now and then. But he's a man with a, a deep heart. It's a man who wants to know more than just truth. He wants to know what's going on with this young man, this 30-year-old who's young enough to be his son, almost a grandson. Nicodemus may well be pushing 85 or 90. And he goes out in the cover of darkness so that he might have a private conversation with Jesus. And he acknowledges, calls Jesus rabbi. And he acknowledges that 
that the things he's doing cannot just come by his own strength. But they must come from God. And, and so as he approaches Jesus with those very kind words, Jesus says to him something that just doesn't seem to make sense. It's a conversation where one person says one thing and the other person says something very different in response. So Nicodemus says, we know that you must come from God because nobody can do the things that you do without being from God. And Jesus says, you must be born again. You must be born from above. The Spirit blows where it wills and we don't know where it goes or where it comes from. You have to be born all over again. Nicodemus, of course, responds, can a can I re-enter my mother's womb? Can a man be born all over again when he's old? Can we really start over again? Can we really go back and, and undo the stuff we've done? I mean, aren't we supposed to just move on? Aren't we supposed to carry on and all those awful things that have happened in our lives to go back and try to retread those those times that hurt us or those people that hurt us to go backwards in time? I thought we're all supposed to just get over it and move on. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, this is about a whole new origin. A whole new beginning. Starting all over again. Kansas City's catcher, uh, uh, George Brett, after 20 years of baseball in the pros, finally said, you know, after a while the game gets you. Got Nolan Ryan after 26 years, he got me after 20, but the game gets you. And I think that might be where Nicodemus is. The game is getting him. He's been doing this for a long time. And he's wondering about the value of what he's doing. For George Brett, I, I'm sure it's about getting down and getting up as a catcher. It's, it's so hard to do that over a long period of time. But for Nicodemus, the game that gets him may be this game of sitting with all of these learned people trying to figure out who's doing the right thing, who's doing the wrong thing. The Pharisees were constantly watching people, watching to make sure they were not doing the wrong things at the wrong time, watching to make sure that the Sabbath rules were being observed, that people weren't sneaking out. Remember when I was in Holland, Michigan, before I got there, police would actually run kids off of tennis courts if they were playing tennis on Sundays. And, and uh, some of the parents told them, well, you can ride your bike, but you have to get off. You cannot turn your bike. You have to get off and walk it. Turn, uh, turn it around by uh, just on your feet and then come back. Pharisee, Phariseeism of, of our own time. We, we have our own Phariseeism of those who would pass judgment on others for eating red meat or, I mean, you know, you know the, the, the judgment of our own time. But they were so intent on making sure, and the reasons were good because 
They believed that they had gone into exile and that they had to deal with Antiochus Epiphanes, the Greeks who came in and fouled the temple because of their sin, that they weren't doing things right. And so God was judging them because they weren't doing things right. But somehow Jesus, somehow the things that he did spoke to a a deep place in Nicodemus' heart. So Nicodemus, this man full of years and full of wisdom, goes to Jesus. And Jesus gives him these words that are so encouraging. It doesn't matter where you are in life, how old you are. You can start all over again. You can be new again. You can be renewed. You can can have a, a happiness and a joy that you thought you'd left back, way back when the kids left. You can have joy in your life again. You can start all over again. You know, we we have a tendency to respond or react against this so-called born-again stuff. <laughs> oh, they're one of those, that's one of those born-again churches. Well, God willing, we're all born-again churches. God willing, we can all say that by the power of the Spirit of Christ, that no matter what it is we're going through, we can be made new, and we can look at life in a new way, and that we can proceed... And what we leave behind is all the junk, all the stuff, all the stuff that burdens us, that holds us back. We can be made new like children again. That's the promise of Jesus. That's that word of of newness of life and of being born again. And yes, it is about entering into the faith. Yes, it's about that time when we finally acknowledge It's not just church stuff. Church is an inadequate vehicle to to bring to bear the faith. It's a a place where we try to reinforce it. But the reality is that this is about something substantive and real. Whether or not it's got a structure of religion around it, it's it's a core reality of a personal relationship with God. We get to that place where we Say, I get it now. Mom and Dad made me go to church, not because church is such a big deal, but because Jesus is. Because God is. And if we have God in our hearts and lives, and if we enter into the life of God, it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, whatever church we go to, it really doesn't matter as long as we're living into His life. As his children. So I wonder how Nicodemus left that night. I wonder what he thought. So he leaves Jesus. Jesus says, You've got to be born again, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus grabs his cane and starts his way back and thinks. Jesus would come and go to Jerusalem. And whenever he came, whenever he left, he had done something phenomenal. Whether it was healing someone, 
The man born blind, that's a story that's later in the Gospel of John. The man born blind or the woman caught in adultery, whatever it might be, Jesus is doing these phenomenal things. And finally, the Sanhedrin is getting together and they're starting to argue about whether or not this man should be arrested and killed. And amongst them all, 70 members of the Sanhedrin, amongst them all, waving their fists and putting out their invectives against Jesus, one voice, one voice, said, well, maybe we shouldn't convict this person without a trial. Maybe we ought to be a little more reasonable. Nicodemus. And then I wonder, Nicodemus, how he was when he watched from a distance. As Jesus was lifted up, even as that serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. That everyone who looked to that serpent that Moses lifted up was able to win, survive. And Jesus lifted up on the cross, assuming that position where the evil, the sin of the world was put onto his body. And Nicodemus watched. When it was over, Nicodemus and another one of his well-heeled friends a man who had nevertheless been deeply touched by this, this young man from Galilee, Joseph of Arimathea. They went to the cross. Nicodemus brought with him about 70 pounds of expensive spices. And they wrapped the body and put it in Joseph's tomb. I wonder... How could Nicodemus not have wept? How could this man, carrying the body of Jesus, whose body was still warm when they wrapped it, how could he not have cried? And in so doing, acknowledged that somehow newness of life is really possible. Somehow being born all over again, having an entirely new origin. Somehow those words carried power that affected him. It gave him hope in the midst of the realities of life and politics and all the stuff that he was immersed in. In my mind's eye, as Nicodemus and Joseph laid the body of Jesus down in Joseph's tomb. I believe that this man, full of years, bent over and kissed Jesus' face through the cloth and left behind his own tears. Therein do we receive newness of life in Christ 
and in Christ alone. Will you join me in prayer? No, Father, we are, we are indeed judged by the darkness. We're judged by the harshness, the realities that we live with. We're judged by the fact that we never measure up. But in you, we have our hope. Thank you. You did not come to condemn us. You came because you love us. We who were not worthy of your love, nevertheless, received this gift, newness of life. Lord, we ask that we might have the power by your Holy Spirit to enter in fully and walk in that joy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.